Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 12. Matthew 7, verses 1 through 12. And when you got that, say amen. Amen. All right. Matthew 7, verses 1 through 12. Read as follows. Check what God had to say here. He says, Judge not that ye be not judged. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged, and with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that's in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that's in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, Let me pour out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye? Amen. Look what God had to say. He said, Thou hypocrite, first, Cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. Give not that which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast ye your pearl before swine, lest they trample them under your feet, under their feet, and turn again and rend you. Ask and it shall be given you, seek and ye shall find, knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. But what man is there of you, whom if his son asks bread, will you give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish, will you give him a serpent? If he, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more... Shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask him? Therefore, all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do ye even unto them, for this is the law and the prophets. Let's, let's bow for a word of prayer, and then I'd like to get into the message of I'm not normal. You're not normal. So what's the problem? Amen. I'm not normal. You're not normal. So what is the problem? Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. I ask you, Heavenly Father, to bless the reading of your word. I ask, Heavenly Father, that those are, that are in the hearing of this message this morning would take something home today that would be a use to them. Something that would help to uplift the kingdom of heaven. Yes. Heavenly Father, be with each and every one of us now. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Matthew describes a problem here which many people and many preachers tend to overlook. It's not that they overlook it, but then again, it's because God doesn't really show it to them in this way. They, I've heard pre preachers preach on this text from Matthew 7. I've heard one preach on toothpicks and two-by-fours. This is a pretty interesting message. Another preached about the um, giving of good things. But that's not what God wants me to say this morning. He wants me to preach on what is the problem. The problem is none of us are normal. One a kid at, a, at the school where I attended college asked this question. Who or what is normal? Well, I got to thinking about that recently. It just All of a sudden I started thinking about that. When Pastor Lewis said, uh, you might, might as well prepare to preach another sermon pretty soon here. And I said, all right. 
So, I started thinking and I was praying and I said, God, what would you have me to preach? Next thing he says is, you know, think back to your college days. And all of a sudden it, it came to me. This so one kid asked, who or what is normal? Now I got to thinking about that thing and God said, nobody is. There's not a bit of one of us is normal. Well, most of us, to our, us ourselves, we're normal, but everyone else ain't. Well, written in actuality, nobody's normal. Somebody's got a health problem. Somebody's got a physical problem. Somebody's got an emotional problem. So nobody's normal. <laughs> it gets in there too. Amen. It all gets in there. Nobody's normal. Someone's got the drinking problem. Someone's got the smoking problem. And, I don't, and I'm not talking about camel cigarettes. Although that sometimes is a big problem. You hear it all the time in the news about the cigarettes and the smoking and the, how it's causing lung cancer and how the federal government wanted to do something about it. Bless God, I'm glad someone's doing something about it. It's about time they started realizing what God meant a long time ago when he said, pollute not the temple which ye are. That's in the book. still in there. But they don't want to believe that anymore. They, you know, this day and age, you don't want to hear that. So what is the problem? The problem is prejudice. And I started to look up that word, prejudice. You hear that a lot today. The word prejudice. And I looked it up in the old Webster's Dictionary and part of its definition, now I'm not going to read the whole thing for time's sake. Let's just listen to what it had to say. For the gist of it was this. It's a bias. An unreasonable in indication for or against anything to prejudge. And when I started to read that, I said, to prejudge? Well, Matthew right there said very well not to judge. What he was talking about is not to look ahead and try to talk about, okay, you've heard about recently the Rodney King incident. You've also heard about the O.J. Simpson trial. Well, I got news for y'all. I didn't watch a bit of that. This is one white man standing in front of you that has not watched that and formed a prejudice against that. I don't know whether that man was guilty or innocent. I didn't watch a bit of it. I don't read the newspaper because my eyes are taking too long. And I don't, and I listen to radio, but most of the time I don't listen to that because there's too much seeing on there, amen? And, and what good radio stations are, they, don't, they talk all about it, but somebody's always getting the opinion in the way. And what is a, what is a bias? When you really look that definition up, a bias is an opinion an opinion or an attitude. When Sister Scott said attitude, she, you know, that was God trying to get in there and just let you know and get a little taste ahead. It's an attitude. One person once wisely said, attitudes are just like noses. Everyone's got one and they're trying to get it in other people's business. Amen. And you say amen to that again. Amen. Amen. It's an attitude just like a nose. Everybody's got to get it in someone else's business. They don't want to stick it in their own. One songwriter wrote, keep, mind your own business, and you won't be minding minds. So Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 and 2 tells plain and simple to start off with, not to judge. Judge not that ye be not judged. When he said judge not that ye be not judged, he didn't mean just, well, don't make a, don't be looking around at him. It, that's exactly what he meant. He, I mean... Bless God, if you, there's a woman that comes into this church and her skirt may be a little higher than you think it should be, let me ask you something. When was the last time you checked the height of your own? 
When was yours dragging the floor last, huh? If yours ain't dragging the floor, then you, you ain't got room to talk. If yours is the same height as her, you best not be messing with it. Now, I'm not saying no names, but there was a woman in here in this church that had told me another woman said something like that to them. And the woman had told me that this other woman said it about it, which I'm not saying no names here, I don't do that. I felt it was pretty low. Come find out the woman that was that they was judging, she had made her own clothes. That was her own homemade skirt. Now how many of y'all know, how many of you, raise your hand here, how many of y'all women go to the sewing machine and make your own clothes? Not very many. Y'all go to the store, J.C. Penney and all them, other store, the Kmart and all that, and you get your clothes. I'm not saying nothing wrong with store-bought clothes. And they all right. Bless God, if it wasn't for store-bought clothes, I'd be naked. Because <laughs> I don't know how to sew a thing. I couldn't sew a stitch if you asked me to. I can't even put a button on, I'll be honest. <laughs> so I admire people with talent like that. But to judge someone else before you know what's going on. And furthermore, that person that was making the judgment didn't realize that that skirt that that lady was wearing is quite old. So I have to admire that. The clothes are still holding up. And they're handmade. Amen. Amen. Then it goes on. See, prejudice not only goes between about that sort of thing. It goes between people and people. You know, you, you hear about the whites talking about the blacks and the black talking about the white. But there's more than that. You, you know it's a disability against the normal folks, as they call themselves. Now, if I was to tell you, ask you, can a person in a wheelchair be a surgeon, before you'd even think twice about it, most... I'm not saying all, but most of you, if you didn't know the situation or watch some of the shows like I watch, you'd say, no way. How could a person in a wheelchair, a paraplegic, be a surgeon? Well, let me tell you something. I know a guy I've seen on the TV recently back here. I watched the operation on TV where they showed a whole surgical procedure. I learned a lot of stuff with that thing. Don't watch it if you can't handle sickening thing. But the thing is, the thing is, this guy was in a wheelchair doing the surgery. And he was talking about how all the extra precautions he has to take going in there. And then on the paper route, I know it myself. Some people are so naive to the fact that I ain't going to be able to walk up and down these sidewalks in the middle of the night because they ain't got no lighting. They're so naive, they still say, I don't care what you have to do or how you have to suffer, even if you break your own neck, you got to put the paper where I want it. Now that's prejudice for you. I don't care what you, how you slice it, it's still prejudice. It's because they want it a certain way, but they don't have no consideration over another. That's what prejudice is. It's to prejudge another without knowing all of the facts. Because the word prejudge means to judge beforehand. Then Matthew chapter 7 verses 3 through 5 tells us about the, the, toothpick, the toothpicks and the two-by-fours of the matter. He says there, God said, plain and simple, uh, you better look at that beam that's in your own eye and get that out of the way first. Don't, don't look at the problem that the other person got. You better look at your own problem. How many, how, how, when was the last time you took a good self-inventory and said, well, what have I done for the Lord lately? 
How many tracks have you passed out in the last week? Well, that ain't my job, you say. Yes, it's your job. Read the book. It's in there. Don't go there. Don't go there with me. <laughs> I know these lines. Yeah. I know. I know what the word of God said. It said you're supposed to go. You know, if you go to a traffic light and stop at a green light, you'd have yourself a problem. But God tells us to go, gives us the green light, and all we do is sit there and look at it. Ain't that the truth? Then you jump down here to verses seven and eight. Verses seven and eight, and he. If you ever notice, you ever notice how those that the wording of those two verses are put. What are the three things he tells you there to do? Let's see how many of you read that verse real close. Ask, seek, and knock. Now take the first letter of each one of those, and what do you get? You get the same word. Ask. It's the best way to remember that verse. If you ever want to memorize those two verses, just. Remember in your word the synonym, ask. Those are the ask verses. Ask, seek, and knock. Spells the word ask. And the best part is, God is telling you how to eliminate prejudice when you look at those two verses. Ask and it shall be given you. Well, how are you going to know how to help somebody else? You ask them. Seek out the information and you'll get it. Now, I don't know if I'd call out a name just random here, but who could tell me how to do sighted guide other than Ruth? Ruth knows, because I told her. But how many else could sit here and tell me how sighted guide technique works? Nobody. You couldn't answer that question for me, because what do you know about sighted guide? What do you know about blind people? I'm not saying you're stupid. I'm just saying you ain't been around them. You don't know the techniques. But it's simple. You want to know the answer? Ask. Seek. Seek out the information. Knock a little bit. Find out. Get the information. You know, if you don't ask, you ain't going to get no answer. But the problem is, is prejudice. Why is prejudice such a problem? Prejudice hinders. It hinders those who are wanting to do things. It hurts. Don't tell me that O.J. Simpson felt great about that man sitting up there calling him that N-word. You won't ever, ever, ever hear me use that word. I don't believe in calling people that. Neither is my aunt, and I agree with her. I don't know where that word come from, but I'll tell you what, I don't want to find out. Because I don't want to get into it. Anybody that sits there, they, that's the word they use for people like that, that they want to use, and they say, well, that's just a nice word. Well, it may be in your rap music, but not mine, because I don't listen to rap. I don't know what you listen to, but it sure ain't the kind of gospel music I've been listening to. I don't hear that word in there. I don't hear, I don't see it anywhere in this book. Read it. Read the book. You don't see that in there. Now you read the word blind in the Bible, but what does John chapter 9 verses 2 and 3 have to say about blind people? That there take care of a real quick prejudice a lot of people have about blind folks or any other disability. They say, 
If you're blind or you're disabled, you got that because of sin or because your parents sinned. What does the book say? What did Jesus say? Neither has this man sinned nor his parents, but that the gift that the works of God should be made manifest in him. It's not something that he did special. He didn't do nothing special. He's just sitting there. Disciples asked a question, and Jesus gave them the answer. Even the disciples themselves did not, at least I have to admit, they had a little prejudice attitude themselves. When you think about it, they had the same prejudice as everyone else. Oh, he must have sinned. He's blind. No, he didn't sin, Jesus said. And got nothing to do with sin. You know, they talk about the good and the bad. Let me tell you something. For every good thing, there's going to be an evil thing. You know Satan's going to come up with something. Satan's going to come up with something. If you can see, he's going to all of a sudden along comes somebody can't see. And what's the first thing you do? You rotten rascal, you. You got an attitude toward him. <laughs> I know it on that paper route. You find it real quick. Some say, you don't do my paper just a certain, certain way. Bless God, I don't want the paper. I'll quit my subscription. Well, go ahead and be prejudiced, Kill. I don't care. But that's not God's way. Not God's way. Then in the next verses preceding, in verses 9 and 10 and 11, what does God go on to say? He talks about how to give out the... He says, if you have children, you're not going to give them evil things when they ask you. Here again comes the response to ask, seek, and knock. You're not going to get a false answer from somebody that's disabled. You want to know how a blind person could go around ride a bike, or in this case, legally blind like me, you want to know? Talk to me on service, I'll tell you how it's done. Now, I don't suggest you try it first off the bat, maybe on a quiet street, but I tell you, in time, you could probably learn to ride a bike with little or low vision. Hey, most of y'all that wearing glasses, if you take them off in time, you'd learn to walk without them glasses. It'd be tough. I don't promise it to be easy. But you can learn to do it. You may have to slow your pace down a little bit, not walk 50,000 miles an hour, like you're going to a fire when there ain't one. But you'd learn to get there. They talk about, well, one color against another, one race against another. Excuse me, the book tells me we're all made of one blood. Let me tell you something, same thing with disabled folks. Amen? If I get cut, it comes out red. When you get cut, it comes out red. And I don't care unless you intend to tell me you came from Mars. Then I'd like to know what color it comes out because I'm not going to be interested. (laughs) But I don't think you come from Mars. I ain't seen no Martians yet. And if there is one, I want to see him. Yeah, I want him to prove to me he's Martian. I want to see that flying saucer or whatever you're going to fly around in on, huh? But I don't think you are. So you're, you're going to bleed the same color I am. And I don't care how you slice it. It's all the same thing. 
But then the message boils down. It all boils down to one simple thing. In verse 12. Boils down real quick. Verse 12. Now notice the wording of this particular verse. Therefore, all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do ye even to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Remember Jesus was asked, by the lawyers and the scribes and the Pharisees and the big religious rootsy crowd that thought they were so smart. They asked him, what is the, great, the first and greatest commandment? He said, the Lord, and Jesus responded, to, Lord, to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, thy soul, and thy strength. And then he goes, and to love thy neighbor as thyself. Well, you can't love your neighbor with a prejudice attitude. You cannot love your neighbor and do to him like you want to be done for yourself. You telling me you want someone to be prejudiced against you? Hmm? You know, there's one other prejudice we ain't, I ain't covered yet. And there's going to be some flames shooting out some people's eyes by the time I get done saying it, but I'm going to say it anyway. You could be prejudiced against your own church and your own pastor. Now, how do I get that? Well, look at that verse right there again. How have you been treating him? He would like to see you here on time for Sunday school and these programs that y'all have. Time and time again. Oh, I admit, yesterday I slept through choir practice. I didn't mean to. I didn't want to. I had it all written down. I knew when it was. But when, you, when you're up 5, 6 in the morning waiting on the stupid press that throws a plate, unforeseen problems that you cannot see, it happened. And I slept. I admit I slept. And I apologize to the choir for not being here. I don't make no excuse for that. I admit I was not here. Period. That's the way it is. I wasn't here. I was sleeping. And I don't lie to nobody. I said that's what I was doing. And that's exactly what I was doing. Because I was tired after getting off the road about 9 in the morning. Hadn't slept all the night before. But that was my own fault. Not no one else's. Wasn't acquired. But you've got all these other programs. No one comes to them. Where are you all at early in the morning on Sunday school? Same thing. Same excuses. Set your... If you think you're going to be... A, if, if it takes you an hour to get ready, set your alarm two hours ahead of time. If it takes you two hours, set it three hours ahead of time. But be here by 9.45. Amen. Amen. All the time Sunday school has been going on, I only missed one time. That was because I was really sick. The rest of the time I was right here. I had pastor come pick me up. And, if I, and before he started picking me up regular, I drove my bike. So what's the problem? I ain't got a prejudice to get Sunday school. I love my Sunday school. It's where you learn things. Hey, I don't care that I got a THD and a doctorate. Hey, you, you can't learn enough about this book. And if you tell me you can, I'd like to know where. I've been reading some of these passages for years and years. And God will give me something new every Sunday. 
I'll go through the book and find something I never knew was in there. Something I'd, I'd either skipped over before, read before, and just never sunk it in. But then the Lord will open it right up and say, here's a little truth I want you to know. Some read the devotional books, which is okay every morning. They read the devotional books and they say, okay, you know, they're all right. Nothing wrong with a devotional book. But they say, you know, they're all right. And they are. But with a devotional book, you read what someone else has given you, which is all right. Maybe they give you something you didn't know. But a devotional book won't give you everything either. You may have read the same passage of the same devotional book. They wrote the same thing at different times. Try another devotional book. But are you prejudiced against your church? Lord help us not to be. I don't like being prejudiced. I can get attitudes myself sometimes. And if you don't pray to the Lord and let the Lord take over them attitudes, you might have a problem. So, the message is, I'm not normal. You're not normal. So what is the problem? What is the problem? The problem is, we veered away from God. The problem is, we got away from the prayer closet. We got away from God's Word. And then we wondered, about the problems in this country, and we say, well, it's this and We can't say that no more. That's not God taught. That's not God taught. You know, it boils down to this. There's more than one kind of prejudice, and it's not just always command. Beware of what you say to others. Beware of what you say about others. Don't sight of God.